I would have sat down with you and spent six weeks drawing different cones on a whiteboard and saying, okay, well, what That's happens very impressive, then? Paul. Right. Lots and lots of cones. Yeah. <laughs> I would have drawn so many cones. Richard. Good afternoon, Paul Ford. How are you doing today? I mean, there's no time where people are. You know, we're just recording somewhere in the year 2021. Yep. Just getting by. Let's pause and thank everyone for listening to this podcast, whether you're working out or driving or taking a walk or wherever you are. Thank you for listening to the uh, Post Light Podcast. in your basement with a bottle of bourbon and 12 raw eggs. Just whatever you're doing. We're happy to be with you. So I'm going to ask you a question, and then you can choose to answer it or not. Okay. Let's say we're back in the office. We're done with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And you and I were just kind of uh, working together and getting to know each other. We're back in the office in general. We don't have, and, and you turn to me and you say, Paul, we should start an agency. Postlight had never happened. Okay. How did you what get past you security and why are you in my presence? First of all, how do we have an office? It's all very complicated. Right. This whole metaphor is bad. Down. Yeah. Okay. So, what would you do differently if you were starting a services firm around technology in 2021 versus mm-hmm. 2015, late 2015? Five years, not that long. Shouldn't be that big a difference. Well, you know, I don't want to speak only about the agency world. So, I'd rather speak more generally. I actually, it's, it's, I think, a, a criticism and a point of pride, right? I'm primarily motivated. I'm not motivated by money, though when I make money, I feel good because it's a way to keep score. But I am motivated more than anything else by surrounding myself with people I want to work with that uh, keep my curiosity going. That's very meaningful to me. And if you ask most entrepreneurs, most business school professors, that's not how you're supposed to start. (laughs) start a business. That's how you start a club, maybe, where yeah. you get to smoke cigars and sip whiskey. That's not how you start a business. So one of the things I wish we had done more of, and let's say you know you and I had been talking and kind of noodling the idea for a few months already, we didn't stop and say, what do we want this to be? No, we what didn't. We, we didn't even think, where thing? do we live in the market? We didn't think where do we let you exactly. We actually sat down. I mean, there's also an aspect to our founding that is unusual, which is we were born at the size of about 30 people because you had been working at a big media company and they were going to be our first client and they wanted you to actually take their product team away. With you. Yes. Yeah. Everything is sort of half right, half wrong here. I mean, I think we should have spent more time talking about the vision of the business. So that would have informed how we talked to the world and how we marketed ourselves and whatnot, not just put up a shingle, which is kind of what we did. Though the shingle had the name Paul Ford on it. I mean, let's let's point that's, that out. That's nice. Good old Paul Ford. But no, you know what we didn't do? And, and this, this comes to mind for me too, right? Like I would have loved a couple SWOT charts. I would have loved a couple quadrant graphs showing where we wanted to sit. As a goal. In the industry and probably more attention to values coming from you and me. There was, it's actually a funny thing because we built, you know, we start this company, it was kind of big and then I spearheaded it. I'm like, let's do a charter. Okay. Let's get in the room 
Everybody who wants to participate can yeah. participate. You're here early days. Let's write a charter up for Postlight. And I think that was good. It's a very like ground up kind of like, here's who we are and here's what we care about document. I, I spearheaded the writing of most of it. But actually, in retrospect, what I wish I'd done is, is sat down with you and said, here's where we want to be in the market. You know, how close are we going to be to management consulting? How close are we going to be to classic IT consulting? Do we do media, brand, and content work? And I'll tell you why it's good to decide earlier, because those questions otherwise haunt you. Yeah. Anything you don't decide, you will answer over and over again for the duration of the business. Well, you're going you're gonna to figure it out as you go. And that's not great, right? Because I think when you're growing a company, people look to you as to why you're doing what you're doing, why we're rationalizing. What, are the ra- what is the rationale around what you're doing? That is a big part of it uh, as well. Everything kind of trickles from that, to be frank. And, yeah. Because it, without doing that, it's hard to convince people it's hard to convince leaders you're looking to recruit. It's hard to convince leaders that you're that are aligned with you that they should lean in versus like, hey, yeah. wouldn't this be fun to work together? I think we could do well. And instead it's like, what do you really want to do? And now let's go do it together as a group, right? I mean, it's never too late. We actually, you know, we have that plan more and more <laughs> after six years. Yeah. But if I could do this over again, two-page plan. What is Postlight? Where does it sit in the market? Yes. What kind of leadership do we need? And where do we think we'll be in two years, four years, six years? Yeah. And you're going to throw all of it away, but that gives that you a exercise framework for making meaningful. decisions. I, yeah. I swear to God, I don't even think the right decision is less important than a decision about it most of the time. You're preaching to the choir with that because yeah, when, yeah. when there is uncertainty, all, all I do is like, well, I'll bake banana bread and then I'm going to go outside and sing <laughs> and play blues guitar at the corner and things will work <laughs> themselves out. So I am I am a big believer in, in just forward motion and filling up the vacuum with, with action. Um, and then, you know, even if 40% of it is right, that's good enough because that's forward motion, right? I've learned though that as we grew that that can be very disruptive and very disorienting for your your teams. I think the other thing we we weren't ready for the first few years is really understanding how to empower others and cultivate leadership early. We were, I, I think, a little late to the game. I'm going to take more of the brunt of that than you, Paul Ford, because I, I think I am a bit of a control freak in a very- Well, my, I have the opposite problem, which is if someone comes to me, if you, if you came up to me on the street right now and you knocked on my door and you're like, I think I'd be better running Postlight than you would. I'm going to go like, oh, well, maybe hey, so. In. Let's talk about that. <laughs> come on in. I just like, I, I really have a, it's a terrible vulnerability. And I've actually had to build a lot of guardrails around it. Because if you come to me and you're like, I should do that. I'll be like, oh, well, maybe so. Yeah. You seem, you seem nice. So no, I think there's that. A plan would be, you know, more of a plan. I think, you know, it's funny. What we're not talking about are, are the disciplines. Like we're not saying we would have chosen a different technology stack or approach design in a different way. I, I think that those things really are up to the leadership in the organization and yeah, the people who work here. I do wish that that we had leaned in more aggressively on design earlier. I, I think the yeah, design group is really soaring now today at Postlight. It's the second largest discipline and it's it's really grown in a lot of ways. So I'm excited about where it is today, but we should have put more backing early. Like if you're picking your chips, yeah. you're taking your, you have a hundred chips and you're putting some in engineering and some in product management, some in design, we should have put more in design sooner. But you know, 
We're speaking in hindsight as, a, as if this is like a postmortem for a failed company. I just want to tell everyone here that I think you and I have been just world-class executives in stewarding this, this incredibly successful <laughs> venture. <laughs> I mean, look, frankly, we did great. Like that's not, you know, I, I think one of the things that has helped us succeed is that we continually, this is actually a larger meta point, And this is actually a tricky moment for us because we are doing we're doing better at delegating we're doing better at making sure that leadership is is running postlight and that it's especially you know for a while people really thought it was my company because I had a big public voice and I don't think that's the case anymore I think they hear you and me on the postlight podcast and mm -hmm. then I think they go to the website and they see work that absolutely 100% I had nothing to do with aside from, you know, maybe helping shape it in the early mm -hmm. days. And so I think that we've changed that. And I think that the same is true with you for the people who saw you as the, the driving force. But there is a founder thing that we are still unpacking. And this is something, if you are, if you have founded an organization, you know, you might see the founder, if you deal with founders, you're like, oh, what are they saying? Or are they quixotic, weird leaders? Or are they going to blow up my world? And, you know, Rich is a real hard driver. Paul is very abstract and so on. The reality is because it came out of our brains, at some level, we never fully believe that Postlight is real. And all the people around us believe that Postlight is real because it's their job, right? Like, but I, I think that I, I wish me say I had it. really let me, say let me restate what you just said, which I think is really important. For you and I, early days, and this is much less so today, and that's that's again credit to us and our our just wisdom and oh, stewardship, just inspired leadership. Never, yeah, inspired never leadership. a bad day. You and I, I, I think, viewed Postlight as much more tenuous than others did, because our part of our job is to construct a reality so that others can do their jobs and feel stable and comfortable. That is part of leadership, right? Especially early days. Early days, the insane founder who's raised a little bit of money but stands on top of the like kitchen table and gives the speeches is doing something really important there, which is they're offsetting all that signal of instability that is inevitable for a young business and an early business. I'm not talking about deception here. What I'm talking about is a calming voice, right? It's, it's the, a, one, it's a combination of vision and enthusiasm. And then to our credit, we've, we didn't function like a startup and we didn't, we did, if people came here and, and got a job and locked in, they, they kept those jobs, right? Like we didn't, we're not that volatile, yeah. but yeah, I literally the first party we had, the launch party, about 300 people, that was something. And I stood on a table and said how excited and how great this was. Yeah. And a hundred percent, I was, I was on board at that moment even though I probably didn't fully know what I believed in. I was just like, here we go. Well, there was a lot of work to do. We didn't sit and stew on a business plan, go to the bank and get the right loans and, and all that. Like we didn't do all the formal things. We, look, we dove in. We definitely, this was an experiment. Let's say it out loud. We're allowed to say it in hindsight because yeah, yeah. this is a mature, healthy, stable company now. But at that time, it was a wild experiment. It was like kind of like- Well, you'd run, you'd run an agency. I was known as a journalist. I'd been in and out of consulting. Really, the thing we didn't know, what I didn't know is if I could sell. Like I didn't know if I could go out there and land real business or drive it towards the firm. That was a gamble. Yeah, all of it was a gamble. I, re I mean, really all of it yeah. was a gamble. I mean, 
I remember when we looked for office space the first time around, like we had options to go and, you know, I love every square inch of New York City, but some of it was like, you know, above a, a storefront in the diamond, in the no, uh, no, this garment is what's, district. This is what's terrible is we, we literally, if you're, if you're in New York City, you understand this. We had some options around 26th Street and then we had 101 Fifth Avenue above 17th on 5th. And uh, we were like, we sort of looked at each other and we're like, 26th Street? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's and, also that uh, weird gap where the trains don't really effectively stop. They kind of skip over place, that area. <laughs> great place to great place to buy a hat on a side street. Right, right. And again, that what that spoke to was us kind of looking at each other and saying, well, we're going to be something a little higher end, which again, we didn't pull up the business plan or the charter statement. Like we didn't have one. We just said... Uh, if we're going to do this, let's do it this way and let's go well, higher end. Look, growth solves a lot of strategy problems, right? Like you can have a wonderful plan and if you don't have growth, it doesn't matter too much. If you have a lot of growth, you can kind of figure it out from there. So yep. the thing that we always focused on, and this was very much like you were the driving engine on this. And then I kind of figured it out myself, which was you got to go, got to go, got to sell, got to let people know what's up, got to be marketing, got to be messaging, got to tell the story, got to be talking, following down leads, setting up the CRM, like all the 50,000 things yep. that go into, into forward velocity. And I've said this before, but it's like all of the things that people talk about when they talk about a company, they often tend to not talk about revenue. But unless you have the money, you don't have the culture and the salaries and the things. You have an idea. For the first four of the five years of Postlight, I had no idea what marketing was or how to hire for it, or how to leverage it, or what it meant to our success in any meaningful way. We can look back on it and spin it this way. Postlight somehow pulled off success, found success, even though they were utterly clueless and barely spent money on marketing other than your and my time on the podcast. But it has been a journey. I will say over the last year, I've learned a lot. Uh, if you are yeah. a marketing expert in the digital space, not marketing chewing gum. We would love to have you on the yep. podcast because we yeah, want please, to understand what the hell's going on. Because at this point, um, it's a little cobbled together even to this day, even though we are a content marketing machine. Postlight is doing way more than others are, but I am utterly humbled by this corner of the business world. I will say that out loud. No, I agree with that completely. I would That would be a definite thing I would do five years ago is I would set up just like almost like a percentage of revenue should go right into marketing and right back out into the world. And yeah. why marketing is difficult. It can be, if it's done poorly, you're blowing a lot of money on Google ads without knowing why. It's First difficult. of all, you should define your sales funnel. Can I say something as an outsider though? Looking yeah. into this world of digital marketing, there was a day where if you gave me $1,000, you told me go advertise, you'd spend $300 on billboards, $200 on like the sides of buses, you got $500 left, Maybe we'll sponsor an event. Today, the level of technical expertise that is required to deploy money for digital advertising and digital marketing is remarkable. It, I mean, there are PhDs out there that are trying to make headway to just bring clarity around how to effectively deploy that money. It's pretty staggering. Even you say Google Analytics drop a line of code in. To really get to tease out good, valuable data out of it it requires expertise. Whereas buying billboards was billboards. So, so many people who just want to take your money. 
and then they will give you a dashboard in return. Right. And it is just utter mystification. Yeah. If you've got suggestions around tools to gain insights as to how effective your 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 website is or your your ad spend is, please tell us about these tools. Okay. I, I think we've mentioned Pendo in the past. I think Pendo is kind of in this world. I've watched six and a half hours of Pendo YouTube videos. I still don't know what they do. No idea what's going on. We would love the help, but I w- I think we should have kept at that problem earlier and kept at it. Made a high level hire and it just stuck with it. You and I, yeah, we get the big thumbs down. I would say of all the things. <laughs> we we get a lot of we get a lot of gold stars. If anyone, I really doubt that anyone who's been involved with our marketing organization is listening to this podcast, and I would not blame you. But if you are, it it was the way that we ran the organization. So you know, you can't win them all. Yeah. So that that's when I we, do think we're yeah. in a better place today. I feel like there's more structure today. I would like to. I still we still need that expert. We are looking for that person. It's worth saying out loud. Oh my God! Yeah, please. There's if a you job have, wreck if out you have there. Somebody's, uh, if you have a good senior marketing person in your world yes. who understands how to take something like this podcast, but really, you know, get it into the right ears, get in touch. Yeah. Get in touch. Yeah. Going back to what I said earlier, because I, I think it actually is a key point. The volatility of the world as you're shaping a business means that as we've been delegating, Postlight is more and more stable. People build careers. We have 401ks. There are benefits. We are There are mid-year bonuses and end-of-year bonuses. And like we're doing a lot of these things. There's parental leave. And so there's this like organized, structured place that continues to grow that I, I think stands for and represents something to individuals who are affiliated with it. Whereas for you and me, it is still the weird idea we came up with that might have might be additive, and then we named it having Thai food. And you know, you never, I don't think the founders ever get over that moment of like, this is mine. Whoa, the world is wacky. Well, we better react as quickly as possible, right? Like, you ever seen a it's parent, not that we, you ever seen how a parent behaves around their 22 year old son? Probably, yes. Well, I mean, you're in full blown, full blown parent mode when they're eight. You get to tell yeah. them oh, in yeah. the room. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 like don't use your fork. Don't eat the don't eat yeah, the dumpling with yeah. your hand. That's it's just I absolute told, authority. I told a nine-year-old that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolute authority. And then when they're 35 and they've got two kids, and maybe you're a grandparent, hopefully it's blossomed into something akin to just this close friendship. But yeah. at like 16 to 25, <laughs> right? I have a perfect story to illustrate this. I went out, my son wanted to go to Five Guys and have a hamburger. My son is, at this point, eight. Not a bad idea. Great idea. It was pre-pandemic, right? We went out, we had a Five Guys hamburger. And, you know, they got that soda machine that mixes all the sodas together. You hit it with, like, you know, it's got all the little controls. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's purely for spreading COVID now. But it was, at the time, it was <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Okay. And so, like, just this, you know, so we, we get our beverages. And I'm like, it's, my boy is a lot. And I'm like, okay, okay, buddy. You know, like, come on, just yeah. eat your fries. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. let's keep, let's get a sequence moving here. You know, a lot going on. And then across the little restaurant, it's the one uh, on Fifth Ave in um, Brooklyn near the church, across from the hospital. Nice straight line between mm-hmm. five guys in the hospital. <laughs> uh, I hear this other dad just go, God damn it, you spilled it again. Yeah, it just come on. And I'm like, oh man, tough day, huh? And I look over and I'm just like, I look over and the the son is 18. 
Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. And I'm just like, yeah. oh yeah. no. It's this letting go phase, right? And it's mutual. It's weirdly mutual uh, because you're you're trying yeah. to be a good parent, but what the kids want is for you to actually just leave them alone uh, so they can become adults, right? And and they can't do it while you're hovering over them, right? And that's not to say we are, but this has been rapid. And I think you and I fully embrace the idea of cultivating more leadership at Postlight, more ownership at Postlight. And we've talked well, we're in doing the past. It. We're doing it. Yeah, we've we're put it's process hard, it's in sticky. place. It's hard. It's a it's- process. Well, and it's sort of like, I mean, this is one of the few times I would say, to say it very plainly, I don't manage you. I'm the CEO of this company, but I definitely don't manage you. But I definitely guide and mentor you in a weird way mm-hmm. when I can see something and you can't and vice versa. And I think this process has been really collaborative because you're you said it. Your instinct is like, let's keep control here because the risk is so great. Yeah. And my instinct yep. is like, give up all control because really risk works itself out. Turns out there's a place in the middle. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. But look, I, I have to a, tell you, credit to you and probably the, the place I have the most growth to do as a leader is the two words you just used, guidance and mentorship. I, I am not optimized for guidance and mentorship. No. I'm too no, opinionated. But- I need to better cultivate that ability to guide and mentor, right? But hold on. Yeah, sure. We all need to do a lot of things. It's hard. <laughs> The, uh, you know, I mean, let's let's be clear. This is the trade-off. I don't think a lot of people understand this about me, which is that given the role that I have, okay, so I'm the CEO of Postlight. Partly it's a little bit of an accident, but it's also my title and it's a responsibility. So what does the CEO do? The CEO gets out of people's way so that they can grow the yeah. business. Not, yeah. not themselves, the business. And then they can grow themselves along yeah. the way. Yeah, So. You are a freaking engine of capitalism, my friend. You can you can close and drive a very large engagement forward and add structure to it. I can do a lot of that, but I can't do it with the velocity. And yeah. so yeah. my choice as a leader is either to go, I need to get where Rich is, or otherwise I don't. Ha- I'm not valid. Which some days I felt that way, or I could say, what can I do to support Rich so that stress comes down? but we still have that driving engine in the organization. Mm-hmm. So what have we done over the last year? Collaboratively, we set up Strat, which is a group. And there was a point where I turned to you and I'm like, I don't care if it takes six people to do the job you're doing. We need to do that. We need to branch it out. It won't, because I can't, you can't sell anymore. I can't get any more money out of you. You're actually bad for business at a certain point. Yeah, at this scale. Yeah, At this scale. And you, and of course- this is the big test of the relationship, right? Is that we have that conversation as friends. We can have it publicly on the podcast. We've had it with the com- the company. Mm-hmm. And that's not a stressful or uncomfortable conversation. It's just like, well, this is where how we're doing. Mm-hmm. But also, to your credit, you went, oh, okay, all right, good. I mean, I think I had to flatter you by saying that it was, you know, I couldn't just replace you with somebody I hired off a of credit. I did appreciate that. I felt special when you said it. I appreciated that part of it. Um, <laughs> you know, and then I, I closed I closed that, um, yeah. what, what's the bit, Indeed? What's the big monster? I closed that monster listing. <laughs> so I'm hearing all of this, um, you know, and, and I think if, you know, we like to end these with and spin them towards advice and guidance. I think... The single biggest piece of advice is, as a leader, rendering yourself less critical, a less critical gear in the machine, takes real self-awareness, a real willingness to trust that is 
I think how you can scale and also build good relationships with the people that are going to work with you and work for you. Like, I think that- We we could have definitely, we could have done just as, if we'd had that plan, right? Like earlier days, I think we could have done more of that sooner. Yeah. But we were reacting to a lot of change and a lot of chaos. What we is going really to work. good? We about, were busy running the thing. What is good about the dynamic and occasionally ferocious leader is that they'll deal with crisis and chaos really, really well. Yeah, often are motivated by it. Yeah. So there's a balance there, right? But then there's a point. This organization cannot tolerate crisis at this scale. You can have a, a world situation that you respond to, but you can't have internally generated crisis in right. any way. You right, need to right, have right. a steady plan, thinking quarterly. And so, like, obviously, you got to get the founders aligned with the growth and then let other people lead parts of the company. That's, That's very right. good. That's right. <sighs> yeah. I was going to say, we've, we've just Two elevated page ourselves from practical advice to just wisdom, capital W, Paul. I don't know. I've been, co- I think I've complimented us a little too much on this, on our own podcast. We'll leave others oh, to compliment God, we could us do and recommend so us. so much better. I know. We, we could so do, much we could do better. But we are Postlight at postlight.com. What do we do, Paul? You've got 16 words. We are your partner. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> We love product. We love computer. Call us now. <laughs> Call computer now. Computer good. I don't Do know if our computer. Hello. Um, Postlight. That was 16. The website tells the story. Postlight.com. Lots of case studies. Lots of articles. This podcast is, you know, all, all the whole archive is there. Also, hit us up. We love questions. Tell us how to do marketing. Hello at postlight.com. We'd love to chat. Check us out. Hey, Rich, let's go delegate some responsibilities. Let's be open and generous. Have a great week, everyone. Oh, that just opened us to so much criticism. Anyway, love you, everybody. Oh, and by the way, you know what I want to talk about soon? Climate. You know how much a lot of our work is climate related. It's it's happening. Finally. Very excited to hear you talk about climate so i'm excited about that it's all good news it's all it's yeah yeah okay all right all have a great bye bye